0: Hello and welcome to the Writing for Immortality podcast where we explore the craft of writing and delve into the stories that shape our lives. I'm Barbara, your host, and I'm thrilled to go on this journey with you. On this podcast, you can expect interviews with authors, editors, and industry professionals as well as discussions on various aspects of the writing process. Whether you're a writer looking for inspiration or somebody who simply enjoys good storytelling, I think this podcast will be for you. We'll explore a range of topics from crafting compelling characters to navigating the world of publishing, all to help you hone your craft and unleash your creativity. In today's episode, I'm going to explore a topic that holds a special place in many hearts, especially mine, uh, that of writing a life story book. As a ghostwriter, I've helped many people craft their life stories, and it's made me so happy to do this because writing someone's life story allows people to preserve their experiences in a very real form, and that is a book. Each person's journey is a testament to resilience, to triumphs, to growth, and a book captures these narratives for generations to come and for self-reflection. So whether you're writing these stories for yourself, uh, for a family member, capturing a life in words is something that humans have been doing since we've been able to put pen to paper or chisel to rock or ink to papyrus so this is something that we've been doing to preserve our memories lessons learned and our legacies for a long time and we're going to talk about just how to do that but before we do I'd like to acknowledge the time that's required to write a book any book even a life storybook when you have lived the life you're writing about. Researching, writing, editing, and even publishing can vary significantly depending on the complexity of the life of the person you're writing about. Uh, It can also vary in terms of the depth of research that may be required and you the writer what your pace and commitment to this project may be so for example you may budget six months to write your life story and you may at the beginning say I'm going to spend an hour a day writing this book and I'm going to get it done in six months an hour a day might ultimately end up being too ambitious and sometimes when we set an ambitious goal like that at the outset without really budgeting our time we can set ourselves up for failure when our motivation disappears which does happen sometimes uh when we look at how much time we've set aside we can say oh it's too overwhelming i'm not going to do that i've seen it a lot with my ghostwriting clients they come to me and they say i started this project five years ago i was really excited in the beginning I was working an hour a day every day and then after about three weeks I lost my motivation and I hated looking at the screen and I put the project away and that's really unfortunate. So I would come in and I would help them with their project but you can do this on your own too. You can budget accordingly your time when taking into consideration the rest of your life. So I would just... Share that at the beginning that that's something to consider even before you start sitting down. Grab your calendar, look at what your life entails and what's realistic. If five minutes a day is realistic for you, but you can be consistent with that over the course of months, you're going to get a book done and you're not going to feel overwhelmed and burdened by this project that really should be cathartic or joyous. So... That's my recommendation and let's get to it. Now let's talk about how to actually write these books. I've lived it so I can write it. That's what a lot of people think. And yes and no. What if you're writing about family members? What if you're writing about family who aren't around anymore? You'll need to employ a different perspective when you're writing a book about other people. Either way, On today's show I'm going to take you through the prep work that goes into writing a book. So these are the steps that people may overlook when starting this process. It's tempting to just sit down and say I'm going to write my book but this prep work of identifying your subject and then conducting some research is just as important as the act of writing. So researching and gathering materials and identifying your subject sound pretty obvious. You'd be surprised actually um, at people who sit down and say I have no idea how I'm going to go about starting this. I've been told everybody says I should write a book about my life it's been so interesting and then they sit down and they have no idea how to approach it. There's other reasons that people find writing about themselves challenging. One is that the act of self-reflection requires introspection. It requires a little self-awareness and even on a superficial level, if you're interested in doing this, the, the actual process of sitting down and doing it can be uncomfortable, especially if you're going to be talking about uncomfortable topics. If you're writing about, again, painful experiences or happy experiences, any experience that elicits an emotion, you might be torn on how you're going to present that on the printed page. That can also be a stumbling block for some people. Whenever you put something uh, in written form, you're, in a way, you're, you're vulnerable. You're opening yourself up to other people. You're inviting people to come and read about your life and what you've done or things you've thought. And sharing those experiences and those struggles is scary. (laughs) And for some people, they might get insecure. And just the thought of seeing that on the printed page and knowing other people are going to read it can be enough for some people to put this project aside another reason that this process of finding a subject can be intimidating is that some folks feel on the opposite end of everyone's told me I've got to write a book folks might say well I haven't really done anything with my life it's not very interesting who cares they'll downplay the significance or the importance of their life Uh, this perception because it is a perception everyone's life is different and is significant but this feeling can lead to a lack of motivation for identifying how you're going to approach this topic another roadblock I guess is that people just might not know that when they're writing a life story or a story about somebody in their family that They can explore so many topics within that subject. You're not writing down name, date, place of birth, time, parents, end of book. There's a lot more in there. You might want to talk about your military career. You might want to talk about your academics. You might want to talk about athletics. You might want to talk about religion. Just because you're writing a life storybook, one, doesn't mean you have to cover the scope of your life, and two, writing a life storybook liberates you to really focus on what's meaningful to you. And what's meaningful to you will translate to the printed page because you'll be excited about writing your book, and people who read your book will pick up on that. So those are some things that might keep you or somebody from writing their life storybook, but you can overcome those challenges and you can identify your subject and your book's focus. Some questions that are helpful that I like to ask my ghostwriting clients. One is uh, you're reflecting on your own life. Rather than be overwhelmed by the entirety of it, think about moments or experiences that have shaped who you are today. What are the challenges you've overcome or the achievements that you're proud of? And what aspects of your life story do you feel are the most important to share with future generations? Those three prompts have proven very helpful for people to get really specific on what they wanna write about in their own lives. Now, if you're exploring family history let's say you have a big family and you want to write about them but just the idea of writing about all of them is overwhelming break it down think about somebody in your family whose life story has always intrigued you start there maybe it's one person maybe it's two people so if you tell yourself that you're going to write this book about those few people it's more accessible maybe later on you add the stories of other people or you write another book about other family members if you're not sure if you're not sure how to answer that question maybe you go deeper into history maybe there's some ancestors or relatives whose stories you'd like to learn more about and if you're still not sure maybe you've heard some stories about family members and the deeds that they've done and you'd like to explore those family legends those anecdotes that have been passed down in your book So those are three ways that you can approach your family history. So once you've done all that, once you've decided what you're actually going to write about, the next step we're going to talk about today, notice we really haven't talked about the actual writing of the book. The second step that we're going to talk about today is getting your research materials together. This is really important, especially if you're writing about things that actually happened you know if you're not making stuff up that's fiction that's a novel that's another wonderful book form but we're talking about life stories today. So to the extent that it's possible you want your book to be as truthful and accurate as possible. So how do you do that? One way to get started if you're writing about a family member you can start with family resources. What I would recommend is you start gathering any existing family documents such as birth certificates, marriage records, photo albums, journals, letters. In the digital age you may not have access or ready access to letters. Maybe folks have some text messages that they'd be willing to share with you about how they met. If you're going further in time, back in time, and you're handling physical letters, be sure to wash your hands. Oils from hands can transfer to paper. But these things will help you not just add names, dates, things of that nature, but as you read them carefully, you'll get a sense of who the people were, what their personalities were like, things of that nature. If you Don't have access to family documents. Another option is to actually interview your family members or prepare to interview them and make a list. The first thing I would say is make a list of the family members whom you'd like to speak to so that you can gather anecdotes, memories, and personal stories related to the subject's life that you're talking about. When you're conducting oral history interviews, first schedule your interview ahead of time and let your interview subject know what you're going to be talking about. Sometimes it's nice to share a little outline, doesn't have to be anything really detailed, but it lets your interview subject prepare by gathering documents or diaries or photo albums or if they're going to be talking about something emotional, they can prepare themselves for that. Once you've scheduled an interview, I would also say budget max 30 minutes. You can always ask to get another interview with this person, but 30 minutes is really the sweet spot. You can cover a lot of ground and you really don't run the risk of fatiguing your interview subject. So, let's say you've got your interview. You're going to ideally prepare a list of open-ended questions that will guide the interview process these questions will also encourage your interviewee to share memories and perspectives and get a little bit deeper rather than giving you yes or no questions if you get a yes or no question you're not getting any details Uh, so why why do the interview (laughs) so open-ended is really the way to go the last thing I would say is when you're doing these interviews first get the uh, interviewees permission to record and record the interview you can do this with a cell phone Uh, there's a lot of different recording options that you can use I can link in the bottom to a couple if you're not sure and this way you can take notes with a pencil and paper if you want or on your notes uh, function on your phone but by recording the interview you're doing two things one you're creating or you're adding to an archive uh, of your family members and two you're going to make your life so much easier when you go to sit down and write the book because after you have your interview recorded the next step would be to transcribe the interview which is what I like to do I like to have it transcribed which means written out on paper so that when I'm writing a section or when you're writing a section you can go and refer to the text of the person's testimony you don't have to guess if you can't get your interview transcribed you can of course always listen to it but I find that it can be hard to find the right point in a recording so that takes a lot of back and forth whereas if you've got the transcription you can just look at the text you can highlight it you know exactly where you're going so those are the two things that you're doing when you record your interview once you have your interview once you've spoken to your subjects the next thing you're going to do Ideally is to verify some of the factual information that you've got So what does that mean? Well, let's say you're interviewing family members about your great-grandmother and one person says she's born in 1930 and another person says she was born in 1940. Well, that's a 10-year difference Uh, You'll want to get as accurate as possible in your book uh, because this is again this is a life story it's about things that happened in your family's life how can you verify that well if there's a driver's license or a birth certificate there you go that answers your question if there isn't well maybe you'll have to hedge your bets a little bit and say well you know she went she said to some folks that she was born on this date but to others she said this so you're gonna have to be a little bit of a detective When you're organizing excuse me when you're verifying some of the information you have what do you do when you absolutely cannot verify facts this does happen sometimes with families that don't have a robust paper trail or when documents have been lost or if there's conflicting information again if you can be honest with your reader that's the best you can do it just Come out and say I did the best I could I talked to all these people about great-grandma and they all said these very different things I'm sharing them here with you maybe dear reader you'll discover the answer someday and that's that's always honesty is always the best policy the final step that I really think is essential to facilitating the process of writing your life story is to organize and catalog your research materials oh this is one more step right who wants to do this a lot of people don't want to do this I get it but by establishing a, an organizational method for your materials it's gonna save you so much time when you sit down to go actually write your book and once again, you're doing two things when you organize and catalog your materials. One, you're making your life easier as a writer. And two, you are creating a family archive. You're cataloging a family archive. If a family archive already exists, you're, you're organizing it in a way that makes sense for you, but you're organizing it. And your family is gonna really appreciate that, if not now, perhaps future generations. Now you can do this in a couple of ways if you're working with digital records create digital folders label the folders and however you label them is up to you if you're working on a life lived chronologically if you're going from beginning to end maybe you're gonna organize your folders by decade if you are working more thematically Maybe you organize your folders by theme. Maybe one is birth, one is education, another is military, things of that nature. You might organize folders by interview. Pick the method that works for you and stick to it. Keep track of these folders. If you're the type of person to create a folder and you lose it (laughs) on your desktop or in real life, try not to do that here. Some of these documents can be precious, so Put them in a place where you'll find them again whether that's on your computer desktop or if you've got a bunch of physical documents put them in folders that are clearly labeled put them aside separate from your other materials so that you can find them easily this is going to be so nice for you I can't tell you how wonderful it is when I'm writing something and I need a source and I've gone and taken the time at the beginning of a project to Not only find the source, but label it and store it accurately. It saves you so much time. Your future self will thank you. So by following all of these steps, you, dear author, can conduct thorough and comprehensive research that will in turn create a thoroughly comprehensive life storybook. Whether it's about you, all of these principles can be applied to yourself. You know, so if you're... (laughs) seems silly to interview yourself but you can talk to yourself and write down notes when you're talking thinking about your life and things of that nature but all of this prep work will will really pay dividends when you go to sit down to write your book i'm so excited for you to begin this journey thank you for tuning into this episode of writing for immortality and if you enjoyed today's conversation please be sure to subscribe for future episodes And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to explore, please feel free to reach out. Until next time, keep writing and may your words leave a lasting legacy.